Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. We're live in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium where Illinois falls to Cal 35 to 20. And the story of the game really is Illinois offense getting 20 points and 450 yards given the talent and personnel they had and the lack of wide receiving targets. It's actually not a bad day for Rod Smith's uh, offense against a really good Cal defense, but the Cal offense scored a career season high 35 points against Illinois. And Isaac Trotter with me one more time for the Illini Enquirer podcast. Uh, that was the story of the game, that the defense couldn't get any stops, and number one, they couldn't get a takeaway for the first time this season. Yeah, no takeaways, no problems. <laughs> that that was kind of the that was the kind of the big issue right here, and it was so frustrating because Illinois had multiple times where they had third and longs and just gave up a big chunk play, or penalties would come into play, and when you don't get takeaways, and when you're committing dumb penalties, I mean, Illinois had three pass interference calls. Now you might not agree with all of them, but they were still called, and they all led to touchdowns. And and, and when you have those type of things, and then th- costly penalties that you make when you're playing a team like Cal who led the Pac-12 in the least amount of penalties and doesn't turn the ball over they came in with just 13 turnovers this year which would have been second to last in the Big Ten behind Iowa when you don't do those things and you play sloppy football that's why you lose and we can talk about calls we can talk about all of these different things that didn't go Illinois way that's true but Illinois sloppiness was the real reason they didn't get it done today yeah I mean there are concerns about this defense that I think takeaways um, kind of overcame, right? I mean, uh, kind of glossed over or kind of covered up, I should say. Um, you know, with Michigan State, they gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points in that game. Northwestern, they gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points in that game. I think number one is they got to find a pass rush. Oh, well, Batiku again today wasn't very effective. Illinois couldn't get any pressure on Chase Garbers, who absolutely carved them up. And kudos to him. He looked really good, and you can see why Cal won all games that he finished and started, right? Like, he's a, he's a pretty dang good quarterback, and, and they had some decent weapons step up today. But uh, I think that lack of pass rush has been a consistent factor all year since the first couple games when they really, Batiku, against lower-level opponents, crushed. But they got to fix that. And, and to me, that's hitting the transfer portal because I I don't know if Seth Coleman or Keith Randolph, I think they'll play big roles next year. I don't know if they're ready. Um, and Batiku, Carney, Gay, those have been the guys who have been playing all year, and, and they haven't been good enough. And I think Jake Hansen, we, we don't talk about him enough. I mean, he's their best blitzer and best playmaker, and that really hurt him today. Yeah, we're on the same page on that. I mean, when you don't have a pass rush, that just makes it so much harder for these DBs. And I still think I'm still high on this Illinois secondary, even though they struggled today. I think Nate Hobbs and Tony Adams and Marquez Beeson and Devin Wood Witherspoon are all really solid corners next year, and they might have to shuffle around because I think the safety position is lacking. But if you're not getting a pass rush, and Garber's had, you know, he's sitting in the pocket reading the newspaper, eating breakfast and lunch before he can make decisions. He's, he's a millennial. He's not reading newspapers. Oh, okay, that's right. He's, he's reading, reading his phone. Athletic, right? He's reading The Athletic. Or so, Illini Enquirer. Or Illini Enquirer. So having all that time and, and not being able to get any pressure on the quarterback at all, it was so frustrating, and a multiple of Cal's big plays – 
kept we're, we're on some of those times where Illinois could have used the pressure. He's having two, three, four seconds to survey the defense. And, and, and another thing that I noticed was the miscommunication. There was miscommunication on two touchdowns where Illinois is talking back and forth and jumping around before they even before the right before the snap. And that that type of stuff is really not good after a month to prepare for a game like this. And I, I just didn't feel like the the little details were there from the Illini defense. And, and I think, again, that's Hanson, who's a leader, who's a captain of the defense. And I, I think he just brings an edge, right, that they don't quite have. And I, I think they really missed him the, the last couple of weeks. Um, they were really good against Iowa. Um, but, boy, with losing Jamal Milan and, um, you know, Tymeer Oliver, they lose a lot up front. And, and now you've got to find some kind of pass rush. They need Anthony Shipton to be good. And to me, I think they got to go find a couple more guys. We'll, we'll talk about the offense here in a little bit, and I think there was uh, some, some bright spots. But I think the big thing, and kind of the storyline we talked about in the last time we talked, was does a loss, does that give this season, um, does it give it a different taste? And I, I do think you go into the off season with a sour note. And, and Sidney Brown even said, I like that. It makes us work harder, and we know we're not arrived yet. So, Maybe he took that in a positive way, like this is going to feed us. Um, but it does sit there, and you, you look at the season, Isaac, you win two games, you lose four. You win four, you lose three. Is that just inconsistency? Um, is that a team that was fluky in that four-game Big, win ten, big Ten win streak? It just leaves more questions going into the off season about – how good was this season? But still, it was a step forward. It's just they have a long way to go still. Yeah, I feel like you can't leave this game with one solid take about this Illinois 2019 football season. And there are going to be wild takes all over the place. I think the people that think that this season was a fluke and this whole program was a fluke, you have fodder from a game like this that you can really use for that narrative if you want. And then there's the other side where you think, well, you, you could make a step forward still next year, and this was all part of the plan. I think the thing- if, if you would have told me 6-7 and seven, Red Bull box bowl off, no matter how you got it, right. and the fact that you got it with wins over Wisconsin, Michigan State, they were epic games, you would have signed up for that. But the way it happened and the way it ended, you're not a big fan of And I think you got tantalized a little bit because you looked at all the talent on the field. You go, this is a team that might be better than we think. I, you know, there's, there's little moments in, in this season where you go, man, they looked pretty darn good. Then there's other ones where they look really, really bad. And I think the biggest thing I look at, and I, I don't want to blame just injuries for this, but I think you have to factor them in because Doug Kramer was probably your most consistent offensive lineman this year. Jake Hansen's your best linebacker this year, even better than Daley Harding through nine games throughout this season. Josh Matterbebe, Ricky Smalling, Trayvon Sidney, those are studs. Those are your starting well, wide receivers. Those are three Big Ten starting wideouts. No matter what you think of Smalling, he's a productive Big Ten wideout. Trayvon Sidney didn't get going in the early going, but I still think he can be pretty good for them. We saw him in camp. He was their best wide receiver in camp. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're listing off these injuries. I mean, how many of the top 15 players on this team? I mean, definitely some of the top 22. and. Yeah. Luke Ford, all of these different play. Bobby Roundtree is a huge one that we forget sometimes. So I, I, it's just like the roster that was playing on the field today was a team that if they had that for all 12 games this year, I don't know if Illinois wins four games. I, I really don't. And I think Brandon Peters was terrific today. And I think certain guys had really solid final games of the season. But that roster and the talent that was trotted out there at the end when it was Trenard Davis, 
Casey, Casey Washington was off the field, so they were bringing in different guys. I mean, no offense to Donnie Navarro, but like he's still from Valpo, and he's a really solid player, but he's not a big number one Big Ten receiver like he was asked to do today. Carlos Sandy is another one. Like when Carlos Sandy hadn't played a game yet this year, and he got four receptions, and, and Brandon went to him many times. So when those guys are the ones on the field, it makes you go, okay. What are we really working with? And and that's kind of how it is. That's kind of my takeaway. All right, when we come back, uh, we focus on some negatives there, and the defense was a big part of that, and they got big questions going into the offseason. But when we come back, let's talk about some positives from this game. I thought there was one huge one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't know if one play defines a player, um, but one play can have a huge impact on, on the perception of that player and really the way the locker room looks at him and talking with players whether it was Richie Pettibone Reggie Corbin I even asked Sidney Brown about Brandon Peters diving for that should be first down on fourth and 17 he scrambles he makes that play I think Brandon Peters has proven himself all year as a Big Ten starting quarterback where he ranks among that I don't know but he was a top 10 Big Ten quarterback this year. He led Illinois to a bowl game, and he was a huge reason for it, whether it was just taking care of the ball against Purdue or leading that comeback against Michigan State, making big plays against Wisconsin. Right? He was a very good Big Ten quarterback this year. They found him. They, they, they found their guy for two years. Think of all the quarterbacks that have started over the last three, four years before him. He's the best of the bunch. Um, and I think that play showed his toughness because sometimes when you're a quiet guy – like Wes Lunt was too, um, you get questioned for toughness. But Wes Lunt never had a play like that, right? And Brandon, we know, can make throws. He's going to make mistakes. He's flawed. But he's running the ball. He leads them in rushing 68 yards, makes big plays on the ground. I think he gained a lot of confidence. And he said after the game, one of the best quotes he's given, I found a home here. But he also said, I didn't think I was going to be this good. And I think the last couple weeks, especially with personnel limited, Isaac, I think he showed himself that – I am good. I am good enough to start in the Big Ten. That's why he came here, and he's only been here four months. Imagine what he can do with a whole offseason. That's the thing. Confidence is everything, especially for a guy like Brandon, and we saw it, ins and outs of games, where the confidence would be there, and he turns into a quarterback. Then there's other times where you know, he has no confidence, and he gets really nervous. And that we didn't see that today. He had one interception. That was not really his fault. He got hit on that, and he had a touchdown throw if he's able to connect with Donnie Navarro and doesn't get hit on that scenario. He was terrific today in all aspects of the game. I thought he made good reads all night. I thought he was making really strong decisions. He had zip on his passes. And the confidence that he has is, one, him. It's also Rod Smith and this organization surrounding him and, and building him up. And I don't think he got that at Michigan, and he's getting that here. And that type of scenario can really lead this cohesive unit into next year. And Pettibone was talking about, like, they have so much continuity. And four offensive linemen coming back. All your starting wide receivers coming back and your starting quarterback coming back, 
continuity is everything, especially for an offense that's so dictated on timing. And I think we could see Brandon Peters, who was good this year. I think he can take that to another step next year. I, I think I have less questions about the offense next year, given all the yes. warts they showed this year. I think I have more um, um, more faith in them because of mainly the quarterback, but also who you return. Brandon Peters today against a really good Cal defense threw for 273 yards and ran for 68 um, with those wideouts. That's really, really impressive and really, really encouraging. And kudos to Rod Smith. I thought he had a good game plan, got a bunch of guys involved. I mean, look at Carlos Sandy stepping up. Trenard Davis had 43 rushing yards. He got the running backs and tight ends more involved. Daniel Barker uh, had some nice moments. Uh, Donnie Navarro had a big game. But I, I thought he got – he was really interesting the way he changed his scheme. And it'll be interesting to see what they can do when they're fully healthy. Running back, you get Mike Epstein back. Chase Brown, I think, is going to be really good. So even though you lose Corbin and Dre, I do think you can have a really good offense next year with a good offensive line as long as everybody returns. But you got your guy. And then he got Isaiah Williams into the game. And that wasn't Isaiah's start of his wide receiver career. That, I know a lot of people are talking about that. He's going to be a quarterback. And he's going to be the backup quarterback next year, most likely. But talking with him, and we'll have a story on him, um, he said this was hard, right? This was a roller coaster of a year, but he learned a lot. It was a learning experience for him and probably a necessary one. But I think he learned a lot from Brandon Peters about what it takes to be a good quarterback, how much different it is to not just throw the ball up for Marcus Washington and Mookie Cooper against high school defensive backs. Um, This might have been the best thing in the long run for him, even if it was a frustrating year. The big thing that I took away from that Isaiah Williams conversation was him saying how much he wants to be a a captain next year. He doesn't care about his role. He doesn't care if he's starting or not. He wants to be a captain. And that type of mindset is really rare that you see, and I really like that out of a freshman quarterback. He feels like Isaiah Williams gets it. Getting him on the field today was important because you needed playmakers. We talked about it when we knew that these injuries were going to happen. We wanted playmakers to get on the field. Kudos to Rod Smith for getting Isaiah Williams on the field because it would have been really easy for him to be like, no, we're not doing this. This is stupid. This is going to get him out of control or all of these different things. It was good to get him on the field. I think I'm right with you on It's so weird because if you look overall – Game 1 to Game 13, the offense has been worse than the defense this year. The offense has been more frustrating than the defense this year. In big games, the defense was the one that won you those games. The defense won you the Wisconsin game. They really helped you in the Michigan State game, especially in that second half. I mean, they only allowed three points in the second half. Purdue and Rutgers, they were the stars, right? Sure. So like, it feels like the, the defense was the thing that got Illinois to a bowl game. But going into next year... I'm very, very nervous about the defense, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the injury regression won't happen, like all those crazy injuries won't happen, and this offense can really find its groove. And, and let's be honest, we talked about it was that four-game Big Ten win streak fluky. Well, you had, what, 12 takeaways during that four-game win streak, and that might be. We saw it with the Chicago Bears this year, right? Their takeaways go down. Defense is still really good. 28 points with those takeaways. More than that, right? Yeah, four defensive touchdowns in that game. I'm saying, or four defensive touchdowns in that four-game stretch. I thought it was more than that, but yes, I mean, they they were ridiculous. Like, that's probably not going to happen again next year, even if they're good at takeaways. Even Just if like they're Reggie, Smith, Reggie Corbin is not going to run for 1,000. We said that after last year, right? He might not run for 1,000 yards in, in this senior year, and he didn't. Right, he didn't have all the long runs, so that is probably due for regression, but that's why the offense needs to step up, but also the defense just needs to be better when they don't take it away, right? You need takeaways. You need to win the turnover battle. Most teams do, but you also need to be the good between the 20s and, or, or the, the end zones, and they haven't been uh, very good with that. Um, also, kudos to, I thought, Jake Cerny 
was serviceable today, and I think that shows you might have a guy who can come in for Richie Pettibone next year. All right, when we come back, some final thoughts. We'll talk about the senior class and preview the offseason ahead. That's next. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, big kudos, Reggie Corbin, Dre Brown, Delay Harding, um, Justice Williams, I saw him. Uh, I, I wished him good luck with his future. And all those seniors who gave so much, Stanley Green, been here a long time. Uh, I'm not going to mention all of them, but uh, kudos to those seniors, Isaac. All they've fought through, all they've been, even though they lost this game. I think they'll be remembered for at least giving Illinois a chance and Lovey Smith a chance to have a, a breakthrough and, and to have a – you know, kind of turning point season where they can take this and maybe get consistently to bowl games. I think in a few years we might have a more appreciation for what they did and maybe more appreciation for the the, the tone that they set. Illinois is going to really miss Daley Hardick next year, and they're going to miss Jamal Milan and Tymere Oliver a lot next year, and Stanley Green, especially on that defense. You're going to miss those guys at running back. Trey Brown and Reggie Corbin are two of the best dudes on this team. Character-wise, they always led Illinois the right way. But moving forward, you're, we might appreciate them more when if Illinois wins eight or nine games next year or they continue this process because those were the people that really set the foundation. And I think that this senior class, while they might not be the most talented, they might be the most impactful in the, in the long run of, of this Levy Smith tenure. There's no doubt that uh, I think this team's going to be much more talented next year. Um, even with running back Epstein and Chase Brown, I think they can have similar success with the running backs that were here this year. And Reggie Love comes into the mix, too, and he's very talented. Uh, the recruiting class you have, defensive linemen are really good. Now, you might need some of them to contribute, um, given what you have on the defensive line, but uh, you need to continue through that portal. Um, Luke Ford comes in at tight end, really helps you. Getting Bebe, Smalling, and Sydney back, that's going to be huge offseason additions, uh, even if it's not like an addition really uh, player-wise, but just getting them healthy is going to be huge for them. But I really think they need some defensive linemen, and I think they're going to be very active in the portal. Safety is another position, and I wouldn't count on another wideout, another weapon that Rod Smith can use to open up this uh, offense. you got to sell it, and you have success with these grad transfers, and I, you already saw Illinois Twitter accounts pushing that. Hey, we're grad transfer for you, we're transfer for you. That's a really important narrative to continue to sell because if you can sell, hey, you can be the next Josh Matterbebe, you can be the next Wale Batiku. Wale Batiku has his flaws, and he hasn't played great over the last stretch, year but he still had the best season of his life he still very much put himself on nfl possibilities he wasn't even sniffing that during his time at usc and this era of college football there's so many opportunities and plus another thing you can sell is those guys all came in here and became leaders right away you're selling a good culture 
to come into. So if they can get a defensive end, I'd really like a safety. The safety play wasn't very good today. You have guys you still like in Sidney Brown and Tony Adams eventually, but we don't know if Quan Martin's going to be legit. We don't know if Delano Ware is going to be a, a solid contributor. We have no idea what Kirby Joseph can bring to the field. If anything, we have more questions about those guys after this sophomore year. So I think another proven grad transfer safety would be a nice roll of the dice and, and another defensive tackle too. I, I'm totally with you. Um, also, the coaching staff. Levy Smith said afterwards, hopefully that all the coaches uh, come back. That'll be very interesting to watch. I'm not going to speculate on names, uh, but if they do lose somebody, um, I think another recruiter would, would really help Levy Smith. I think he's figured out defensively what he wants to do. He's not going to add another defensive coordinator, so add somebody who can have more talent for your roster. Uh, and, and, you know, if you could, had your druthers, I'd have somebody with in-state ties uh, that has some kind of relationships that can get you in um, to – that market, especially in the suburbs, I think you could really use a lot of help there. But uh, that'll be interesting to see. I think there's probably going to be some kind of turnover. That, that's not me knowing anything, Isaac, no inside information. It's just usually there's one, at least one staff change for, for most teams. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if that happens. And if you do, I'd, I'd, I'd target another recruiter. I think that you can always use more talent, and Illinois still does need more talent. A defensive Mike Bellamy would be perfect. Right, like that—that's that would be perfect. Whoever that guy is, and I don't know who that guy is, and I'm not sure what Lovey Smith's plan is for that. But you're right. I mean, attrition does happen. That's just kind of the the business. And let's be honest, Illinois has some uh, some assistant coaches that could be very attractive to other teams. Austin Clark has improved his stock immensely. We all know how good of a recruiter Corey Patterson is. So you have guys that are talented that other programs might be able to offer more, and it's up to Illinois to try to keep some of those guys. And uh, Bob Bogusheski's had a heck of a time here, Um, and and Gilbert obviously has been in the NFL before, so those guys could want to get back into that league eventually. Again, that's just speculation on our part, but you know, guys always can get more opportunities, and uh, I think Lovey's done a pretty good job of finding some assistance, whether it's Austin Clark or Kinoto Hudson or Corey Patterson or Mike Bellamy that can help recruiting, and I, I think you just keep uh, building on that. All right, that'll do it. Uh, Illinois Enquirer podcast, Illinois finishes 6-7. and seven. Sadly, it's the eighth straight season. Illinois finishes with a loss. The eighth straight season, Illinois finishes with a losing record. But, Isaac, as we tie a bow on this season, this was fun. This was a fun season to cover the storylines, to cover success for the program, and we got a lot more coverage coming up. And I, I was with Josh Whitman this morning, uh, Lovey Smith talking about his quarterback. I'll write about that. Uh, but defensively, they got some things they need to clean up, and Rod Smith needs to take his offense to the next level to make up for some possible takeaway regression. But they took a significant step forward this year. Yeah, this was fun. This was really fun. And, and like we said at the top, a red box bowl appearance, a six-win season, we'd all taken that at the beginning of the year, and, and that's what we got. It might not have looked the way we wanted it to. And the Eastern Michigan game was really ugly. But when we look back at this 2019 season, there are two extremely memorable games. You could argue two of the best games of this century of, of Illinois football. And, and you have a really, really interesting positive maybe not an interesting future but like i think you have an upside here that if you hit it and if if this if everything goes right it could be really interesting next year and there's no reason why illinois can't be minnesota there's not there's not and the the path is there you just need to hit on some things yeah yeah and uh, i think you know for this year i mean illinois lovey smith's been selling 2020 and and that schedule 
we looked at this early season schedule, right? We we saw those three non-conference games. It's basically the same next year, probably even a little it's bit worse. easier, yeah. right? So, And then the Big Ten slate, it's pretty easy early. Um, you should have a really good chance of starting 5-1. and one. I'm not going to say 6-0, and oh, but it's a Minnesota-like schedule where you can gain a lot of confidence, and we know the talent is definitely accruing. We didn't even mention Derek Smith and LeVar Gardner who get added to that defense, who I think are talent upgrades. So, yeah, I, I think you keep building on this, but you got to stay hungry. And I think if anything, like Sidney Brown said, this Red Box Bowl performance should keep them hungry. Any roster that has Jake Hansen on it is going to be hungry because that guy just doesn't take losing very well. And I think that you have leaders, especially in the senior, cl- the future senior class. Palcheski is a very much of a leader. Doug Kramer's a big-time leader. So when you have captains, are you're all, almost all your captains are back. Blake Hayes is back. Alex Palcheski's back. Kramer's back. So all that leadership is really, really solid. I think this program is fine. I really do. I don't think that this loss negates anything of the progress that you've built. And I think long-term, you have an opportunity to be really solid. Now you just go do it yep. and, and tweak. And, and Minnesota tweaked in their offseason. Yeah. They hit it with their defensive coordinator higher, and they fixed their defensive issues. They were able to get Tanner Morgan better. I still think every – my hot take, I think, is Brandon Peters is better than Tanner Morgan. I believe that 100%. Now, you, do you have Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson? Maybe not, but I still think those weapons are comparable, and you can find – if you're able to squeeze the best out of that group next year – 2020 is a special year. Yeah, I think next year, um, I don't know if they'll be Minnesota good, but I think they'll be in a bowl. I, I do. I, I don't know whether that would be 6-6 six and six or 9-3 and three or whatever it is. I think they're going to be in a bowl. And just for Illinois to do that, it's been nine years since that's happened, right? So, like, doing that would be a significant step. But, obviously, you're hungrier than that. And Lovey Smith thinks this team's going to be a lot better than that. And remember what we thought at the beginning of this year? We thought this was a five-win team. And we were pretty close, right? We were like, it just you got you got one or two breaks, and we're able to get it right. Next year's team, I think that's a, probably a seven-win team, right? That's kind of the the vibe I get around this program. But there's an upside. Yeah. There's an upside, and I think that they they haven't had an upside in a long time around here. Like yeah. the upside for the last few years has been six, and right. now your upside is different. Yeah, I think the over under would be around seven, right? For, for, it's just so much higher. Yeah. You're so much higher, and yeah. you want to be a perennial bowl team. Lovey Smith has got you in that position now. That said. Winning consistently is hard, and winning consistently has not happened at Illinois. That's why they got to keep uh, the pedal to the metal. Isaac Trotter, thanks, man. Yeah. It's a new year. You got a new gig coming up. You did a great job here, man. Did a great job, and this season was a ton of fun with you. Ton of fun. Best boss ever. You are. You really are. We, I feel like we made a pretty good duo. We don't really disagree on much, which is which is really enjoyable. But to have this be the last year that I've gotten to be a part of is, is just unbelievable. I'm so thankful for all the people who've listened and read all the all the good work. It's just an awesome community. Can you give me one more deep cut? before we go like give me just oh. a deep cut co- i mean alec mccarron playing today it was interesting Sean coglin might be the next special team star he was really solid today he was down there a few times ethan tabell needs to work on his athleticism a little bit um michael marquise made a hell of a play in a kicker turn ryan mead is one to watch out for even though he's a walk-on he's one to watch out for if injuries happen he could be that guy like like the marquise jimmy i always have to bring a marquise up that gets a scholarship in a couple of years he's really solid those are my deep cuts um, another deep cut is Kenyon Sims. Don't write him out of the running back room next year. I'm done with Rayvon Bonner, even though I love his story. I'm done with him. And Jakari Norwood could be the lead, leading rusher next year if things go right. No. He could. Come on. He could.
Like, I'm going Chase Brown, and that's a hot take. Like, Jakari Norwood's a real hot take. I really hope it's Mike Epstein. <laughs> I really hope it is. 1,400 rushing yards next year for him. That'd be awesome. He's pretty good when he stays healthy. All right, that's a wrap on the season. Uh, appreciate Isaac. Appreciate all you for listening. Hope you had fun. Hopefully we told this team's story really well, and we're going to continue to do it. Uh, a lot of content coming from the Red Box Bowl, including Brandon Peters, Isaiah Williams, Isaac working on the defense, uh, and I got a big column with Josh Whitman coming up as well. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. Thanks for subscribing to the site we'll dive into basketball a little bit more and we'll move on life without isaac trotter have fun in minnesota congrats to you and maddie man appreciate it it'll be fun i'm gonna have to pick up snow skiing all right we'll talk to you next time in the Atlanta inquirer podcast at least i will